This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The State of Recruiting is brought to you by 24-7 Sports and the Horns 24-7 Network of Podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast platform of your choice. We also invite you to listen to the other great shows on the Horns 24-7 Network, including The Flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown, and The Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. Welcome back to this week's episode of The State of Recruiting, your weekly Horns 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined as always by Nick Harris. Uh, We've got a big show for you today, but before we get into it, Nick, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. You got caught mid mid uh, mid drinking water as soon as we live. <laughs> well, these March allergies are uh, are starting to hit, you know. Same. So uh, as we sit down, I find myself coughing and and all sorts of things. So yeah, same. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it probably won't be the last time uh, you see me take a drink of water on this particular broadcast. But uh, it's been uh, you know just trying to get through it. Um, well, let's jump right into it. It's um, not a not a huge week for recruiting news, but uh, the top two four seven for the twenty twenty three class got a big facelift this week, um, with uh, you know a lot of a lot of new names being put in, a lot of names moving around, um, and I, I guess the probably the biggest bulletin for Texas is uh, Arch Manning remaining the number one player in the country. Um, you know we've talked a lot about Arch Manning on this podcast. We've talked about him a lot on the website. Um, not only would Arch Manning represent, you know, a very talented arm in the quarterback room and a way to keep that talent pipeline going there. But I think, you know, he obviously could be the cornerstone for a, a, a phenomenal class. I think when you look at how classes are built, a lot of them are built around the quarterback and guys that want to play with the quarterback. And, you know, throughout our time covering Arch, we've heard a lot of, of other kids talk about being able to play with him. And so with him remaining at number one, I think it's great to have a five-star quarterback to build around. I think it's even better when that guy's the number one player in the country. And so, uh, uh, you know, my first thoughts off the bat from seeing this ranking is if Texas can get Arch Manning and, and, you know, we anticipate maybe a spring or summer decision, I just have a hard time seeing him go into his season uncommitted. Um, I think that it could really lead to something special in this group. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of recruits that gravitate towards Arch Manning and um, Arch has done a pretty good job behind the scenes building relationships with different recruits, whether that be Ruben Owens, John T. Cook, Anthony Hill, and even more so recently, Jonah Wilson um, and uh, a few other recruits across the country. So he's definitely doing his homework on guys he potentially wants to play with. But so are those guys. Um, wherever he commits, there's going to be a lot of people wanting to jump on board and, and join his class. Uh, and, uh, you know, if, if Texas is lucky enough to have that problem, then, um, you know, that's that's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. But um, just having that talent I, to, to, to start a 2023 class going into the fall, uh, it could be huge for Texas, especially, like you said, keeping the talent going in that quarterback room. Um, it, it would be huge for the, for the development of that room. 
but also it, it would solidify recruitments that Texas is already doing a pretty good job in. It would more than help with Ruben Owens. It would more than help with John Tay Cook. And it would more than help with guys that, you know, just to bring back in the picture. You know, you look at guys like Braylon James who, you know, have kind of extended uh, their recruitments and talking to Braylon a couple weeks ago, he said he's kind of waiting to see how some classes shake out. So, you know, that's one where if Arch Manning jumps in, you know, Braylon James all of a sudden becomes a, a, a big target or a big option for Texas again. So, And he, he's probably not the only one. Um, so, you know, having him in a class will almost guarantee a top three class, uh, if not a number one class. Yeah, I think looking at kind of the list, too, you, you talk about maybe the guys you could get back in on. Like, I, you know, I think I know you talked to Ryan Niblett recently and, you know, he indicated that he made a mistake leaving Texas out of his top seven. But, you know, I, I don't think he would have left him out if they were higher on his pecking order. Um, you know, I don't think that mistake would have been made. So obviously there's ground to make up there. Um, when you look at a guy like Jalen Brown or uh, yeah, Jalen Brown from Miami, who's coming in uh, possibly for a visit next week. Uh, you know, one of the more electric wide receivers in the entire country. Uh, Jaquez Petaway, who I think Texas is doing a, a good job with, but maybe that's something that could kind of put him over the top for it. And then, you know, I, I think you got to find somebody on the defensive side too. And I think that a guy like Anthony Hill is not necessarily going to make his decision based on Arch Manning. But it could help, and if you get Anthony Hill, he could have a similar type of effect with defensive recruits in the class. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you bring Anthony Hill on board, then then you start looking at guys like David Hicks and JV and Taviano, where Texas might be having to do a little bit of work in both of those recruitments. Hicks more so than Taviano, but um, nevertheless, it would help with those you know bona fide top tier guys on the defensive side of the ball that they need to bring in. But I, I guess the um, I guess the bright side of that is I feel like the defensive class is going to shake out, you know, quite nicely regardless, but having Arch Manning in the class will for sure help. Um, and it could even help bring in that class national. Uh, we've talked about the safety picture and the, and the fact that they're going to have to go national for some safeties. They're looking at Macari Vickers out of Florida. They're looking at Derek Williams out of Louisiana and some others across the country. So having a guy like Arch Manning to, to be able to recruit for you, um, you know, after being committed, that could really help, you know, solidify that safety picture and just the DB picture as a whole. A couple of numbers for you just from looking at this, and I broke this down yesterday on the site. Um, there are in-state 38 prospects on the uh, list, which falls only behind Florida with 49, which looks like a strong year in, in Florida. Um, you know, not a surprise to see those two at the top of the list. They, they typically are. Georgia, 27. Georgia's becoming one of the strongest talent producers in the country. Alabama with a really good year with 15 kids. Louisiana with 11. The surprising one is California with only 19, um, 19 names listed. And, uh, I, you know, we've heard a lot from our guys out west that it's kind of a down year uh, in California, and, and those numbers seem to bear that out. If you want to look by position, uh, defensive line, really strong with 37 guys. Uh, wide receiver, 27. Defensive backs between both corners and safeties, 46 in the, in the top 247. And there's 23 edge rushers. Offensive line and, and linebacker look like the positions of weakness. Uh, there were 15 quarterbacks, 13 running backs, and 14 tight ends listed. Um, and then when you want to look at kind of how for Texas the top 247 played out, it's top heavy. Um, 28 targets of, I think there were 35 total, basically, that Texas has, has offered um, in that group uh, were in the top 100 
uh, not 35, I'm sorry, 45, uh, and just 17 are in the back half. So um, really top heavy, top 100 guys. When you look at Jaquez Petaway and Jalen Brown, JV and Taviano, Derek Williams, Shantae Cook, DeAndre Moore, those guys are all top 50 guys in the country. So really a good chance to, to put a solid start to this class and, and, and really collect some high-end talent. Yeah, absolutely. It's just going to come down to to bringing in those guys and locking them down. I, I mean, granted, Texas finished off really strong at the end of the 2022 cycle and, bring, and bringing in Kelvin Banks and uh, Devon Campbell. But I think we could all tell you that it, it didn't go the way they planned, probably particularly on the defensive side of the ball. So it's going to come down to securing that top top end talent, um, you know, before signing day or, you know, before two weeks out, just so you can build that class, have that momentum and be able to bring guys along with, you know, five stars already in or high fours already in. It just helps build that class a lot steadier. Um, but uh, we'll kind of see how it shakes out down the line. Well, to build that class, you've got to do all the recruiting stuff. And the yeah. big part of the recruiting stuff is visits. And um, the dead period opened earlier this week. Texas had a couple of visitors on campus, love a couple this weekend. Could have a couple on Monday. Um, but the big weekends they're really pointing to, like March 26th, when, when spring practices really get going, they want to host a group of, of targets there. We expect Arch Manning to be along at that point. Um, and most of their big-name targets. And then it sounds like they're also putting something together for the first weekend of April as well. So I think, um, you know, when you look at these, this is really the opportunity to kind of set the table with those guys. Maybe you get JV and Taviano back, who had a really good junior day experience and is probably talking higher about Texas than he has since, you know, the beginning of his recruitment. Um, and, and you build on that momentum with – that March visit, then you get him back for a spring visit. Maybe you can close the deal. I think that's what's going to be most important. Uh, there are a, a bunch of names that we do know uh, have expressed interest in coming. Uh, I believe um, DeAndre Moore, I know, said he's going to come in the summer. I know you talked to Niblet. I'm not sure what he said about a visit. Uh, but we, we – we know that there's going to be a lot of guys coming those weekends. Um, and the intent is to kind of set the table and get them back for the summer for officials. Yeah, you mentioned JV and Taviano. Talked to him a couple of weeks ago, and um, he he admitted that Texas was kind of slipping in his recruitment before uh, that junior day experience, and it put Texas right back among uh, among the contenders. You know, Texas has always been in that race, but we had kind of felt that maybe they were slipping in the in the late fall, and I, I feel like our indications were definitely uh, correct. And um, but you know, Texas was able to get him on campus on junior day. He had a great experience, and you know, getting him back during the spring, like you said, would be huge. Uh, looking at some other guys, Ryan Niblett. Uh, hasn't really taken any visits at all. I think the only visit he's been on was to U of H uh, during the season. So he's going to get out and see a lot of places uh, this spring and summer. Texas will most likely be one of them. Uh, Jaquez Petaway, he's going to try to get out uh, to a visit this spring. Uh, he's someone else who hasn't really been on a ton of visits so far, but he has been uh, to one at Texas last June. Um, so we'll see if he can get back and, uh, you know, if that receiver picture can start shaking out a little bit. Uh, trying to think of some other guys. I mean, you know, with Arch Manning coming in that March 24th to 26th weekend, whatever that date is, um, that's going to attract a lot of guys just just with that alone. Uh, wouldn't surprise me to see Ruben Owens pop up that weekend, uh, potentially John Tay Cook, um, and potentially Jonah Wilson. Uh, that's another one that Arch Manning has been able to uh, build a, a connection with recently. Uh, big body wide receiver out of Spring DeCaney, who Texas offered during the evaluations period in uh, January. So 
Um, that's another one to watch watch closely moving forward. Yeah, I will say before we sat down to record this, I posted a story with Jonah Wilson on our site, and he did confirm he would be there that weekend. So uh, definitely can add him to the list. Um, here's where I think Texas can really make the jump is if you can kind of string those along, it's, it'll be interesting to see which guys come to those May, April visits, come back for the spring game, and then come back in the summer. I think when you start doing that and you can start stringing those visits along, you, you start to become a serious player for a team or for, for a kid. And um, I, I think that's the case. One position I know everybody's hot about is linebacker. And um, I will say that while linebacker may be down a little bit nationally, it's probably on the stronger end in the state of Texas. And, you know, last year I think Texas had to go out of state a lot for their linebacker targets when you looked at the guys they were recruiting. Uh, this year I don't think that's necessarily a problem. You know, they've got uh, Anthony Hill obviously in state. Um, they've got Samaje Burrell from North Crowley is another guy that they love, and I think I think he'll be up there in March, by the way. Um, Darian Gullett uh, from from Marlin, who I think they see as an inside or outside guy. So there are some some really strong options along with a couple of the national guys they're in on, like Leona Lefau and uh, Leviticus Sua from Modern Day. I think that uh, you know it's it's obviously an important year. I would say probably for wide receiver and linebacker based on what they didn't get last year, and, and those are uh, names I can see you know really uh, being factors later down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Having back-to-back classes where the state of Texas has the number one linebacker in the country with Harold Perkins last year and then Anthony Hill this year, Texas has got to grab one of them, um, you know, just to kind of you know save face at the linebacker position. Anthony Hill is definitely attainable moving forward, um, and, uh, you know, he's going to have Texas among his contenders moving forward. But also looking down the list, like you said, you mentioned uh, Samaji Burrell. That's another one that Texas is doing a really good job with right now. Leona Leifau, maybe Texas is kind of on the outside looking in as far as contenders, but they definitely could sneak in and grab an official visit moving forward um to see Leakana kind of seen as an edge but you know could also be a backer at the same at the same time um, that's another one that Texas is still very much in on I'd, I'd be surprised if he doesn't make a, a off-season visit to Texas um you mentioned an, uh, another one Darian Gallette um that's one that's just been rising up the rankings that we've been a big fan of um you know since his uh, electric junior season so um, as long as Texas you know continues to develop relationships with these linebacker targets I think Jeff Cho can bring a couple in uh, Nick, I've been asked quite frankly a lot of times about what's going on with Ruben Owens. Um, I know that he hasn't been back to Austin for a bit, and that's got some people worried. I know you, you've given a, an update on him since last time you talked to him, but kind of just set the table on where things are with Ruben Owens. Yeah, for sure. Ruben Owens is um, coming off a huge junior season in which he almost rushed for 3,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. It was uh, a season that put him, you know, as a consensus five-star across almost all uh, recruiting uh, service rankings. And he jumped up to number 18 in the 247 uh, rankings this week, which is the highest he's ever been. He solidified that number one running back spot in the country. Um, and in my opinion, he is the number one running back in the country. Uh, and as a result, a lot of, a lot more teams are starting to get heavily involved. Um, you know, it's, it's not just Texas in this race anymore. Not that it was to begin with, but um, you've got Georgia who has been making a strong push since almost day one. Um, he's made multiple visits to Athens, uh, including uh, for their junior day back in January, where he had a really good experience, uh, a meeting with uh, running back coach Del McGee, head coach Kirby Smart. They're doing everything to kind of make make him uh, one of their number one priorities alongside Arch Manning. 
uh, in that 2023 class. It's going to be a huge battle, I think, for both of those guys with Georgia, which is uh, uh, something kind of interesting just considering that Texas is, is doing a lot of recruiting in the state of Georgia now with the Shark Choice on staff. But um, going back to Ruben Owens, uh, he will return to Texas this spring. Uh, I am confident in that. But uh, he's been to Texas so many times that he's going to be kind of looking around just to see other places um, before you know he, he potentially returns to Texas or – I, I just don't be – if you're a Texas fan, just don't be concerned if he's taking a ton of visits and hasn't returned to Texas in a while. Texas is going to be among the contenders in that race. They're going to be, you know, a hat on the table on the final day that he makes his commitment. And, um, you know, as I see it right now, Texas is still number one in that race with Georgia probably number two. Uh, Texas A&M has obviously been doing a really good job too. I'd probably put them at number three. Their offensive line class that they brought in in the 2021 class was was huge for – for, for Ruben Owens, but he wants to see if those guys maybe stick around on campus um, or, or if uh, they're probably on the outs by the time he would get a starting job at Texas A&M. Uh, but also he's been building a solid relationship with Jimbo Fisher. It's a place that the family loves. It's a place that his hometown of El Campo loves. Um, and, you know, as his recruitment starts to shake out and he starts to go to more places, I feel like he's going to stay in the state of Texas. And if he does, that more than benefits Texas. Um, and I would see Texas winning out in that equation. But if he were to choose to go out of state, then Georgia would definitely be a, a solid contender. You also have USC in the race, which I feel like is a dark horse in this recruitment. Um, he was able to meet Malachi Nelson a couple of weeks ago at the Houston Shock Doctor Tournament and got to get well acquainted with him. Got to see how he you know, throws the ball and operates an offense, and he really liked what he saw. USC was already in that race before Lincoln Riley came into the picture. Um, and now that Lincoln Riley is in the picture, they're making him a big priority. They're going to get him out for uh, potentially an official uh, here in this offseason. So... Uh, that's going to be another recruitment, to, uh, another school to watch in this recruitment. Uh, but all in all, you know, Texas is going to be in the thick of it, um, you know, through the end. Uh, his relationship that he's built with uh, Tashar Choice going back to his days at Georgia Tech uh, has been really strong. Um, his relationship with Brandon Harris continues to be strong. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian continues to be strong. There's not much negative you could say about where Texas is in this recruitment. Um, they're just going to have to continue to weather the storm and, you know, fight off these contenders. But uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a winnable recruitment moving forward. Absolutely. All right. If you're listening on the podcast right now, we're going to take a very small break and you're going to hear from some of our sponsors. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. Time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. 
All right, let's let's kind of you know in the next couple of weeks, I think we're, we're going to kind of look at some position by position breakdowns of this class and, and this team and how things go. And I think today we want to kind of start with you know we know how quarterbacks can go. It's kind of Arch Manning or bust, right? Um, we, we kind of have an idea on running back, Ruben Owens, and probably another guy. What probably is the most intriguing spot offensively is the wide receiver group. Brendan Marion has a lot to uh, prove. He's got a lot to, you know, kind of pick up in this class, guys they missed out on in last class and that playmaking ability uh, that that Sark needs in the offense. And there's a lot to choose from. I think this is one of the stronger wide receiver years I've ever covered, both in-state and nationally. Um, and when you look at, you know, kind of the way it breaks down, I think there's there's a group of guys, both in-state and out-of-state, if you want to look at just the in-state guys, I think that, you know, the main targets you're looking at right now are Jonte Cook, who is top of the board for Texas. Um, you know, uh, Jaquez Petaway who's right there. Those guys are maybe, you know, your smaller, faster guys. I think they're looking at some bigger guys uh, like Jonah Wilson, who we mentioned earlier, and, uh, and Jaden Greathouse. Um, and Jalen Hale, I think, could also fit in there. Uh, and then, of course, Ryan Niblett's in the picture. Kyle Parker's in the picture. There's a lot for Texas to choose from. And that's not to mention the out-of-state guys. They have like DeAndre Moore um, and, and Jalen Brown and, and some guys like that. So, uh, Nick, kind of how do you – I guess how do you see it what, – what do you – I guess my question would be what do you see as the most likely uh, class that, that's put together? I think likely they take a lot of uh, numbers at this position. Uh, just kind of looking at only taking two in the in the class of 2022 with Brendan Thompson and Savion Red, they're going to have to bulk up uh, at the wide receiver position in this class. And it's a really good class to, to have to bulk up. It's a good problem to have. Um, the, the battle will be Brendan Marion getting his targets at this point. But looking at the most likely class, I mean, let's see. Are we looking at potentially five? I would say four is the like minimum number. So I think they could take five if there's a special, you know, like, well, we've got four, but Jaquez Petaway wants in. You know, yeah. I think they could take five at that point. Absolutely. Um, I mean, an ideal class, let, let's let's do the ideal class. Bringing in um, John T. Cook and Jaquez Petaway, having those both of those guys in the class would be you know, awesome. Um, maybe if uh, one of them doesn't come in, you replace one of them with Jalen Brown, which would be a fantastic replacement. Um, looking at a big body um, target, you know, you would love to get back in with Braylon James, but realistically that doesn't happen. Then Jaden Greathouse is still a fantastic option. You also have Jonah Wilson, which is a fantastic option. But uh, Kyle Parker is another one that uh, you could throw into the mix. Um, you know, you, you know more about the Kyle Parker recruitment, but just kind of how um, a lot of these – more smaller targets with more of a uh, emphasis on speed. Um, there's a lot of those guys that have been offered in the class. Kyle Parker definitely fits that mold. Um, how many do they possibly take there? Do they only really take one big body guy? Yeah, I think you could see them taking two, depending on if that second guy has the big body and the vertical ability um, to kind of do both. And so to me, I think Texas is much higher on Jaden Greathouse than a lot of people. Um, I think part of that is him being a Westlake kid, but I think that Greathouse, while he hasn't, he doesn't strike you as the traditional wide receiver. Like we've, we've kind of thought he was a tight end at times and, and other things. I think Texas just sees him as a weapon and, yeah. a, and, and more than anything, a winner. Um, 
you know, say what you want about Jaden Greathouse's athletic speed, ability, whatever. He put on a show in the playoffs and most specifically in the state title game against what I would have called the, at the time the best secondary in the state of Texas at Geyer uh, with three legit or oh, four legitimate D1 guys playing in that secondary and had no problem going deep on them over and over. So um, I, I definitely think Great House is not just a name for them. I think that's a priority for Texas uh, to keep a player like that because even if you're not exactly sure on what he can be, the worst scenario for Texas would be to let a Westlake kid go elsewhere like that and and just destroy college football. And then all of a sudden it's, well, we, we lost another one and it was a Westlake kid. And he was this good in high school. You kind of knew how good he was at, at that point. So I think he, he's a major target for them. I, I, I think they love him. And so to me, even though he's not a guy that's going to burn up the track or kill testing numbers, he is a big body that shows on film that he can push defenses vertically. And he's a versatile big body. He can line up inside, outside. He he has a, a lot of routes in his route running bag, a lot of route concepts. Um, like you said, He's just a weapon uh, at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, it's a weapon that Brendan Marion would love to play with as well as Steve, as well as Steve Sarkeesian. Um, we'll see how that one shakes out. I see Texas in a, in a really good spot right there. Notre Dame is a school that's starting to do uh, some really good work there. I'm curious to see if he returns to Oklahoma um, on a visit here soon uh, with that new staff there. That was a, um, a school that he had liked before uh, uh, Lincoln Riley had departed for USC. So, um, that'll be one to watch. Uh, looking at the other big body target um, that I think Texas could, you know, really be in for is Jonah Wilson. Um, Ohio State is in that picture. LSU is in that picture. Uh, they're going to have to fight off some some big name schools, but I think it'll come down to Texas potentially prioritizing him more than anybody else. Uh, you know, he's potentially a third or fourth option for those, you know, big major programs. He could be a first or second option for Texas as far as a big body guy. Um, and I think that could definitely win uh, uh, win him over and, and get Jonah Wilson to Texas. So um, that's one to definitely watch closely as well. Just talking to him yesterday when I was getting some stuff for the story, I, I really got a great feeling on where Texas stands there. I think yeah. they're probably pushing the hardest. And, and Jonah Wilson's a guy that you and I saw a couple of years ago while we were sitting in the press box at AT&T, I think, watching – the state championships when small school state was divided yep. and you were watching a, a, a game on Texan live on your laptop. And we saw him, uh, was it against Bridgeland? Maybe it was in that overtime loss against Bridgeland. Yeah. And they, and he really pushed Bridgeland to the limit in that game. I think I know some people on the Texas staff think he's got some freakish ability. Uh, when you look at what he can do on the basketball court and, and kind of just how he maneuvers his body, you know, you and I have seen him a lot. I think it's uh, it's a question of, of putting it all together and, and just being more consistent with things. But there's no doubt he's a kind of an athletic marvel. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, you know he's had problems with drops in the past when I've seen him in person, um, but he's really worked on that. He's gotten better at that. He's still going to be a developmental project getting to the next level. I think he wouldn't be ready year one, but I think, man, uh, under a, a year with some really good development, really good training, he could be a scary weapon down the line where I, I feel like he could mold into a first or second day round, uh, first or second day NFL draft pick. Um, just given his athletic ability, um, his frame, and uh, just kind of how he's already developed this much in, this, in his career. So uh, he's going to be a fun one to watch as well. When looking at the two big out-of-state names on this list that we've mentioned, Jalen Brown and DeAndre Moore, um, I think they're in it with DeAndre Moore. I think they're in it really thick. I think they're going to probably be – I think you could probably say they're in the top three for DeAndre Moore at this point. Um, 
and depending on how visits go and all those sorts of things, could make a move. They're on the outside a little bit for Jalen Brown because he's never been to Austin. But if they do make the trip this next week, I think we could see him jump into the picture. I talked about this last year when I saw Jalen. He talked a lot about wanting to go to an academic school. He's a, he's a very strong student, and he was mentioning Michigan and Notre Dame as schools that he was very much interested in at the time. I think Texas fits that kind of profile. I think that he's mentioned, you know, Sarkeesian's offense and the role Devontae Smith had in it, and he's a very Devontae Smith-like player. Um, and I think that when you look at, you know, him being from Miami, maybe he's not going to like the cold uh, of Michigan and Notre Dame, but maybe Austin would be a good fit for him. Now, Miami's going to be really tough for him to get away from. They put a lot into him and keeping him home. They're going to be a major, major contender. But talking to his dad, he wants to get out and see the country and see every other school and see what's outside of South Florida. So um, I do think they can potentially make a move after this week. Yeah, absolutely. You know, getting those out-of-state targets on campus as much as possible, uh, building that relationship with them and being able to have the advantage of Jalen Brown having fan family in the Austin area, you know, just kind of work those advantages and see where it takes you. There's definitely um, nothing that can be lost in recruiting Jalen Brown to the fullest extent. Absolutely. So we'll we'll kind of keep hammering those position previews week by week and, and see where things stand at the time. All right, Nick, before we get out of here, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, that's about it. Um, getting ready to call some uh, a 6A basketball this weekend on uh, Texan Live with our, our good friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. So I'm excited about that, uh, getting ready for that this weekend. And I am going to see basketball games this weekend. This is, you've been at a basketball game almost every day, uh, every every time there's been one these past couple weeks, right? No, I just, I just went this week. Like okay. I wanted to be at games. Um, I had so much fun watching Devon Campbell play basketball this year that like I was like you know I should go to more high school basketball games for one they are a good place to go see recruits um it's less like work it's more just hanging out and watching yeah. um and so this week I'm gonna go see Kimball uh play against Lufkin and go see Texas uh signee is he a signee Arterio a Morris signee. okay yeah. Texas signee Arterio Morris and see if uh Chris Beard can finally land a shooter or a point guard who can pass the ball or just something you know, Absolutely. something different. I, I went to a game, um, when was it? Tuesday night I saw, I just went with, with our good friend Matt Stepp who was going up the street to a gym near our houses and uh, to go see Richland and Mansfield Summit play. It was a really entertaining game, but it reminded me a lot of Texas basketball. There was a lot of dribbling for 20 seconds and then lobbing a contested three and bad passes and, and all that. So I'm interested to see Kimball because I know they've got some some star power. And looking around kind of at the at what's left in the state of Texas as far as, um, you know, guys who are basketball or football targets. Um, let's see, this weekend, Duncanville, they're going to have Anthony Black, which Texas is kind of in the picture there, but they're more so on the outside looking in now. Um, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, Gonzaga, those are the three schools doing a really good job recruiting him right now. He won't be in action, but he'll be on the sideline with uh, his Duncanville team. Um, Five-star power forward in the 2023 class, uh, Ron Holland. Texas is doing a great job with him right now. Um, he'll be in action for Duncanville. Uh, as well in that same regional tournament, Garland um, has five-star power forward, uh, Zuby Eggio4, who signed to Kansas. He's really fun to watch. I think if Garland and Duncanville match up in that regional uh, championship, it's going to be a ton of fun. And then looking around the state, you mentioned Arterio Morris. Uh, he's still in the picture. Uh, Beaumont United has a four-star um, signee for Houston, Terrence Arsenault, who hit a game winner in triple overtime on Tuesday night to advance them to the uh, – um, a regional tournament, which is fun, but he has a teammate, five-star combo guard, Wesley Yates, 
who uh, Texas is going to do everything they can to try and pull in. He's been a ton of fun during the season and in this playoff run. Um, Texas is going to battle Auburn, Alabama, and um, some others for him as well. And then uh, looking at kind of football targets, Silsby is still in the picture because of newly offered 2024 athlete Draylon Miller, um, who has been just tearing it up, up and down the court. He's somebody that I could see um, potentially landing some basketball offers as his uh, recruitment goes on. So that one might be interesting as it shakes out. But uh, those are those are the ones to watch right now. Right, we'll tune in on TexanLive.com to hear Nick call some basketball this weekend. We'll be out Should here. Be- should be fun. All right. Thank you to uh, everybody who listens. Thank you to uh, Taylor Estes for, I almost called her Taylor Swift, Taylor Estes <laughs> for uh, producing our podcast and uh, making sure all we got to do is show up and hit the button. Um, thank you to Nick for joining me. Uh, I'm Mike Roach. We'll see you guys next week. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.